Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Well, howdy, everybody. This is the Potent Pictures Podcast. I'm Dave, as always, joined by Matt, Peter, and Sean. And uh, this week, we uh, we went and saw War for the Planet of the Apes, the third installment in the Caesar saga. Um, I don't know if everybody's seen the previous Planet of the Apes, not the Mark Wahlberg one, the one of Charlton Heston. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other guys after that. But good little thing. This was supposed to be a pre. These were supposed to be the prequels for it, and this was supposed to be the final, uh, the little arc for him. And uh, we'll get into that into a little bit. But uh, first, as always, we like to talk about what we're watching and what we're drinking. So, uh, Matt, you're start. How about you starting us off for this week? Yeah. So I, I watched a few kind of in my mind classics. Um, I had a few flights this week, and uh, you know, trying to follow the model of Peter. And so I caught The Fugitive with, you know, obviously Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones not caring. And that movie awesome just movie, not, by the yeah. way. Great, great that, movie. The movie, yeah. I think I watched it about once a year, and I, it just never gets old. It's it's phenomenal. Who directed um, that, Matt? Um, it's an excellent question. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know if as, you as, as, my name is, as my name is not IMDb, I, I can't say for sure. <laughs> but uh, so it was Andrew Davis. Okay. If that makes uh, any sense. So he did like Under Siege. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he's a big Tommy Lee Jones fan. Oh, my God. Chain Reaction. Keanu Reeves? That's awesome. Chain Reaction. Great movie. Yeah. Above, oh, my man. Code of Silence Above the Law. A Perfect Murder. Collateral Damage. Man, this guy. Did some shit. Oh, so he's like a Seagal guy too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, basically, basically he was like the that whole action movie pack thing, going, going, going. I'm a little upset he didn't do uh, Under Siege too. It looks like I'm still well. stuck on Chain Reaction. That's a great movie. Seriously, like that Morgan Freeman. That movie, I remember enjoying that, and I don't know if it was just because I was like 12 or 10 or something like that. But I thought <laughs> it was entertaining as crap. I haven't seen it since. I've probably been old enough to form opinions, which I'm still not sure if I'm there yet, but. <laughs> I, I thought it was perfectly enjoyable at the time. Yeah, I probably shouldn't watch it. Uh, uh, Rachel Weisz is in it too, right? <laughs> that was who the is girl. That I'm who that remember is? Who it was? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah, that might have been. Um, let's be fair. That's probably why I liked it. <laughs> Honesty. That's the best policy. Yeah. Uh, but in, in addition to that, um, I also got to watch The Prestige. You know, Christopher Nolan. I guess I'm getting ready for oh, Dunkirk man. coming up with I think what might be my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Christian Bale, be, you know, between a couple Batman movies, and um, I'm, I'm forgetting the girl, um, Rebecca, I'm forgetting her name, I feel bad, but... Uh, Rebecca Hall, she's... Rebecca uh, Hall, thank you. Yeah, the town, all that jazz, yeah, but uh, I don't know, where do, where do you guys fall on that? It came out around the same time as The Illusionist, and I, I mean, this, I obviously this stands the test of time, because you, you hear about it more, but... So I never actually saw The Illusionist. Yeah, neither did Is I, but I do, good, good point, oh. Matt, I remember, like, these were, like, compared to each other because of the fact they yeah. both came out around the same time, and you know how that, like, like the deep impact Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, whenever there's Volcano two movies are similar. And Dante's and, yeah. Peak, yeah. You, sh- exactly. you guys should go see The Illusionist. So that's got Edward Norton, and I'm trying to think. I think Paul Giamatti's in that. Um, that sounds right. Yep. It's, it's yep. a good one. I think I, it's definitely worth seeing. I would say Prestige, mostly because I'm a huge fan in, of um, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, Christian I think. Bale. I would definitely say, and, and you got ba- yeah, you have Bale and uh, Hugh Jackman. So I, I think Prestige is better, but Illusionist is, I think, underrated. Not a lot of people talk about that one. 
By the way, Matt, I got I got to give Matt credit for the uh, intro to the Prestige, considering that Piper Pirabo's in this, which is also is in the uh, Mark right. Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. So yeah, shout out to oh, Matt yeah, for the tie-in. Right. Look at yeah. that connection. Good man, Very nice. Good. That, wow. That's exactly why I watched it. Let's 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 lie. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was one, I haven't seen her in a while, so it was the second. I remember when I first saw it, I knew exactly who she was, and then this time seeing it, I was like, she looks so familiar, I can't think of her name, and then I pulled out um, IMDb, and I was like, oh, right, she's a Marvel character because of the alliteration, I forgot. Um, <laughs> but I, I just I just can't get enough of that movie. That's probably another one where, if not every year, pretty close to, because I just, I can't, I, I, I can't get enough of it. Just so entertaining. Michael Caine, just phenomenal. Um Oh, another tie-in, by the way. I forgot. Andy Serkis. Another, uh, I knew there was a tie-in that I wanted yeah. to jump in. That, that's, I, I that's a better tie-in than Piper Pierre. Yes. Sorry, and that's sorry to actual... me for thinking of the women before the men. You know, that's, I'm so that's progressive what you, That's what you're here. supposed to do. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, and it was nice because, I mean, how often do you actually see Andy Serkis? I think the last time I saw him, he lost an arm. Um, and before that, he might have been a gorilla in King Kong. I saw um, him in the trailer for Black Panther. So. Oh, yeah. that just hit me. Yeah, Andy Serkis is like the helper for uh, David Bowie in that, isn't he? Exactly. For yeah. Nikola Tesla. Yeah, Wait. that's a super yeah. random connection. Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about so, that. So props to you for uh, for, for catching that, Sean. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I like I owned it at one point when I was in college and watched it a few times. So, I don't yeah, understand how of... you can stop owning a movie, but we'll move past that. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's, <laughs> it was on DVD. They just become obsolete at some point. That That's true. I was worried you maybe bought like a bargain in VHS of a movie from 2006. I'm glad that's not the case. Um, they were some, still producing something, VHS something like, back in those days? Something like Easter Ben and Jack. <laughs> I'm glad Peter caught Simple Jack <laughs> reference. Nice Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder reference. That's awesome. Um, I didn't even hear it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear Simple Jack, but... You make me happy. You can't go full retard, Don't forget your DVR, man. You need the TiVo. In <laughs> in any case, if you're not drinking yet, uh, I'm drinking a Basil Hayden, and it's it's, it's phenomenal. It's, uh, it's delicious, delicious bourbon, and uh, I think I might have recognized recommended it previously, but this is the I haven't drank it in a while. You recommended last week, by the way. Oh well, I took my own suggestion, and I'm I'm yes. very happy. Good, I'm, good, I'm good very happy about it. Yourself. So I'm glad you trusted in yourself. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So what what about you, Peter? So I have not had a ton of time to watch stuff so i actually am in boston right now and as always i was on a plane but i did not watch any films so i don't have anything to to spout from being on a plane but did finish uh the fourth season of orange is the new black so kind of preparing for the fifth which just came out a little bit ago uh i don't know if you guys watch that show again i I know i've brought it up before but i don't know if you guys watch the show at all i i've seen a couple episodes i just I don't know. I couldn't get into it. So, uh, I mean, it, it's a fun show. I remember, and hopefully this isn't repeating what I've said before, but I remember when we first uh, turned the show on, and I, I thought it was going to be a much different show than it is. So if you guys have ever seen Weeds on uh, Showtime. Oh, yeah. So so same same um, creator of Weeds and a very similar co- comedic kind of style, but... It's a really fun show. There's a lot of crazy things that happen, and it's based off a true story, but obviously it's got a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of liberties with it. But um, finally saw the end of season four. Season four is quite interesting. Um, 
I will just give a minor spoiler. You know, some some stuff goes on at the prison, and in season five, uh, the the first few episodes are essentially there's a um, basically there's an incident at the prison, and it's the the prisoners have rioted. So the first few episodes are them kind of taking over the prison. Uh, so it's it's a very it takes a very different turn. So anyway, um, if you haven't watched the show, it's a good show. It's a lot of fun. It's something that you can kind of have on and you can pay attention, but at the same time, you know, go cook dinner and, and you know take care of whatever you have to take care of. But uh, that I mean that's really it for me this week. Uh, in terms of drinking, you know, in in a new city, you got to try the local beer. So I have been having some harpoon. And Harpoon is a local Massachusetts uh, Boston beer. And they have a great brewery tour, I must add. So, so funny story about that. So not about Harpoon in specific, but we actually went to uh, Sam Adams a few years ago and we wanted to go on the brewery tour. And they were renovating and kind of re refitting the entire brewery and ended up uh, closing the tour. So rather than take us through the brewery, we just sat in one room and they gave us probably like 10 times the amount of normal beer. So uh, long story short, it was a great tour. We got some great uh, local Boston tips and got to drink a lot lot more Sam Adams. So I would recommend uh, touring. Maybe you'll get a, a bonus like that. But Harpoon, to go to another brewery, they've got a few good ones. So their Harpoon IPA is actually a great IPA. It's a really good summer beer. And then another thing I tried tonight is it's they call it the Harpoon Camp Wanamango. And if you can tell from the name, it's it's got some fruit in it and it's you know obviously has mango in it. Uh, it's got a really strong mango smell, but it's not an overly fruited beer, so it's not um, you know, for anybody who kind of gets turned off by the lemon and the limes and all the different, you know, fruity flavors you get, it doesn't have that. It's kind of just like an ale, but has a nice aroma to it. So so anyway, if you are in the Boston area, Harpoon is a great beer to try, and I would definitely recommend it. So, Peter, did you try their ale? It's the one that's only served in the uh, brewery itself. I have. Did you get to try that? I have not. No, and it has not been on tap. So, yeah, I'm guessing you're right. It's probably only at the, or at least okay. potentially. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you do go, um, or if anybody happens to go, uh, Sean, you you got to experience this with me uh, when we were there, but uh, we were overserved in the. We we were definitely overserved. I is, is there such a thing Ooh. as overserved? I'm I'm confused about this. Uh, yes, overappreciated, overserved. You know, you, you, <laughs> you've seen Dave's text over the weekend, right? You know, overserved is a thing. Eh. <laughs> no, there's no such thing. That's that's a nominal. That's, that's, that's a nominal Dave's serving, normal in my, state. In my case, that's it's nominal. No, but so the the ale is uh, apparently what they originally brewed, um, and they no longer actually distribute it. It's uh, it's only on site on the tour. And I think the only time you can actually purchase it from is with a growler when you go huh. and actually purchase a tour through them. And it's to me, I actually like it. I liked it more than their IPA to the point where I was like, man, I'm I'm kind of upset they don't actually distribute this anymore. It was really good. Hmm. All right. So if you ever get a chance, I would I would recommend trying it. Um, it's in that whenever you take the tour, it's, there's a back there's a back room bar that they bring you to, and um, you. Maybe overserved, you may not be. It depends on your drinking habits. I, I still don't agree with this over, say about overserved that. term, but that's okay. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's all I got. So, Sean, what about you? Besides uh, preparing myself for girls' trip, which comes out this Friday, I've just been uh, 
preparing by watching. <laughs> so you, did you watch? Did you watch very bad things? No, I was watching Baps this weekend with my uh, getting my Halle Berry oh, and uh, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> and Queen Latifah fix. Wow. Um, but <laughs> that said, uh, I just was catching up on some some Marvel flex because all all the hype that's around the uh, upcoming Infinity War that. Uh, we've been hearing about. I watched uh, the and watching Spider Man kind of got me on this kick last week. So I watched, uh, been watching the original Avengers, um, and then I also had the chance to check out some other movies that I haven't seen in a while. Which I must say, one of which was Point Break. Another great Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, rest in peace, flick. Um, can never forget the great addition of Gary Busey as. Uh, Keanu's partner but um that movie like god, god god love it it's probably one of my favorite movies to just sit down and just watch <laughs> like I don't know what it is but they just uh, oh, oh wait I do know what it is it's action-packed and it's amazing but um the just the, the screenplay the you know the setting the surf the surfer world uh, the the abundance of 90s just bad 90s references that you can get out of it are really solid so um that was probably the highlight of of my watching experiences this week and in in terms of what i'm drinking um you peter you talked about appreciating the local beer every now and again um and when you get get the opportunity to move here to cincinnati you'll realize there's a lot of good beer being made right now in the city one of which is uh ryan geist is a big brewery here in town but they just had their fourth anniversary and they put out a uh, very funkadelic brew called Quadrifunk, which is like a little bit of a hoppy wild ale. It's got, uh, you know, the, the tones of what an IPA has, but it also has a little bit of the uh, fruit with the summer, you know, with what you get with a summer beer. Some of those those flavors that you get are like a bubblegum pineapple um, flavor, which is interesting yet refreshing. So check it out if you get in the area or around here and you see a, a bomber of it check it out really good stuff but uh yeah that's what i got so what about you dave what are you getting into what are you watching this week so uh in uh, preparation for uh last night's uh season seven premiere i uh finished up season six and uh, uh game of thrones so i won't talk into that because this is not a game of thrones podcast apparently there are people on this podcast that were unable to view it last night Wait, so I will not please wait, we, go we, into that. We can't talk about Game of Thrones. I, I thought that's what. Uh, no. Oh, some of us just don't care to talk about it at I, all. Oh no, Sean, trust me. If you didn't, I, I'm not doing it for you. Uh, Peter has to see it. Your must. Your Come on. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't. I don't do that to people. I don't spoil things, unfortunately. Or well, sometimes I do, but still. I don't know how Sean and Dave just heard earmuffs and neither one said cock balls. How do you not? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when my microphone's muted, I can't get it out in time, so <laughs> I let the moment pass. That's what she said. You guys were talking. Um, I didn't want to speak over you. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. It's so thoughtful. But uh, but yeah, did that. And uh, the other thing I did watch this this weekend, which was which was tough. And uh, Peter, I think you talked about this a while back, and I had to do it just because I had it's it's been one of my favorite video games. And unfortunately, oh no, it was horrible. Oh, so no. Assassin's Creed, yep, so bad, so bad, so 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 I bad. I feel for you. I, I, it, I actually fell asleep during it. Um, it, it just, it had no, 
it made no sense. It really just made no sense. And I, just be glad you I didn't. Sometimes I wonder why they make pay for it. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, be glad you didn't go to a theater yeah, and get I, I money just, for it. Yeah, I, I just. Oh my god. Like who who approved for that to be made? Like how does Ubisoft like it go? Hey, you know what? This was actually a pretty decent movie. Like I would have fired everybody and been like, we're not releasing this. Well, it was terrible. Can you do me a favor and watch The Great Wall and tell me which one's <laughs> which one's worse? Ooh, okay, I'll do that. I'll try and do that this week. I'm traveling this week, so I'll uh, I'll see if I can. That's a good goal. I'll uh, see if I can do it like while I'm while I'm flying. Matt, have you seen both? Are there- what a hero! I have not seen um, Assassin's Creed, so I figure based on a a slew of so, bad reviews, even from you know from a few folks uh, we're talking to tonight, I was going to wait it out. So Matt, let me ask this question: Are there any nude scenes or anything I need to be aware of so that I don't like you know watch it on my iPad or anything <laughs> look like, like a that, pervert and have, and have like the poor kid sitting behind me like, "Ooh, what's this, mommy?" And then the poor woman behind me smacking me in the back of the head like, "Stop watching porn." On the on your on your uh, thing while we're flying has so th- it's a, has that happened to you before? Happened? It sounds like that's no, happened to you before. <laughs> I'm, I've very really specific. been the tem- now tell me how many times you've watched a movie where you're just sitting there and you're crammed with three people in there, and it may be like something that they're actually offering on the plane. So it could be like a JetBlue or like a, a KLM or something like that where the TV's embedded in the in the seat, and you're watching it. All of a sudden, hardcore sex scene just pops on the screen, and you're like, "How do you?" How do you react to this? David, to I will say... people that are sitting next to me. I will say that kind of happened with uh, not just the movie, <laughs> but with the TV show, The Americans. Even when it's somewhat, it, somewhat like, risque, you're kind of like, oh, this is awkward. Just going to turn it towards the window a little bit, and then you realize the window reflection is right next to you, so... <laughs> I, I just... I, it, I'm literally scared of that. That is always why I'm afraid. So, I think I was watching... I was flying, and I had downloaded... Um, uh, master and nun and you know how he's got some really awkward stuff in that sean i think you're the only one who's actually watched it um there's some like awkward sex scenes wait and stuff wait like am that. i the only and one that's watched the the, the uh, emmy nominated other, series on netflix I, bl- I believe other than me yes well i don't know what i don't know what matt and peter are doing it's emmy nominated hey wait, did you hear that i mean i, th- emmy I think they're, i think they're i think i think they're watching game of thrones raising a kid my Unlike friend you. raising a kid emmy Emmy nominated. And, Pete, and Sean. Wait, wait, Peter, Peter, Emmy, pump the brakes. Emmy You're nominated. watching plenty of terrible television and movies, so <laughs> don't blame the kid. All right, that's fair. That's fair enough. But but it's it's guilty pleasure, right? Guilty pleasure. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much all I had watched this week. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll catch up on those other ones this week uh, while I'm traveling. So that'll be nice. Um, and in terms of what I'm drinking, uh, for last night's um. Uh, Game of Thrones party that we we had. I, I went and picked up um, a six pack of of an oldie but a goldie, a beta blueberry. I don't know if blueberry wheat. I don't know if you've had this, Sean, or anybody else. Um, no, I haven't had it. I know of it. But I don't. How I, was it? Is it? I don't. It's. It was actually pretty good. Um, I gave it to a couple of other people there, and uh, they were like actually surprisingly mild in terms of like the blueberry flavoring. It doesn't taste like a. Uh, as I, I like to say about, and I've talked trash about Shiner strawberry. It doesn't taste like a fruit roll-up in a beer, basically. So it had a nice. It, it's how they do kind of with uh, a beta does with their strawberry, where it's very it's very light on the on the fruity flavor, and kind of how uh, Peter was talking about his. It's it's really it's really good on in terms of that. Just kind of smooth. Doesn't it's just hints of the of the flavoring, so it doesn't overwhelm it completely. You get like a fruit beer. Um, so I would recommend it. I don't. Is that a new one? 
shown, or is that was that like new last year or something? I think this I year were... or last year was the first year that they produced it. It's, I mean, they're starting okay. to do more. Like, I know they did that ghost this year. Uh, <clears throat> that, that, I, I, I refuse to drink. That was one. it watermelon? I don't even remember what it was, but uh, no, it was. Oh, oh lime! It was like it key was lime goes. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, no, just that is not something I want to put in a beer like that. I don't know who came up with that. <laughs> just nah, they're like a two years behind in that goze thingy, but or whatever the heck it is. But anywho, but yeah, that's all I've got in uh, terms of what I'm watching and drinking. So uh, I guess we can move on to some uh, movie news. Uh, Peter, if you want to start us off, maybe uh, some of the more somber stuff. We'll get those knocked out of the way before we go into happy stuff. Oh, we just we have to start with the sad stuff, don't we? I say we start with it because, I, man, it's, I, I'll it's tell you what, just, Peter, it's so I, much nicer. If you don't want to do it, I'll talk about George A. Romero because I know I brought this up a couple of weeks ago about how he basically filmed uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead in Pittsburgh. And I remember I was telling you, I was texting you guys because I was uh, when we were going to shop for furniture on Memorial Day weekend. We were at the mall like uh, where they filmed Dawn of the Dead, and I was like telling, I was like. Amy, we need to go pay our specs over here. So uh, there's like a whole like cult of zombie movies in Pittsburgh. So I, I will give a shout out for George Romero since he passed away this weekend. Uh, you know, great horror director, really brought the zombie film to the big screen for the first time. Did a great job with, uh, you know, the, the Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Day of the Dead. Uh, what else am I missing, guys? So many, so I, many of them. There have been so many of them, and they and they've actually uh, started remaking them. So I don't. Was he part of the newer remakes? Mm, he I only the ones that have his name before it, like yeah, <laughs> like George so, Romero. But, dude, was he directing or was he just He's producer on a lot of them? Yeah, yeah, produced. Them. Okay, because I know what was the one with Ving Rhames? That was, so the, Dawn, that of was the the Dawn of the Dead. That's remake. Dawn of the Dead. So so funny one. Funny thing about that, I actually looked at that this weekend, and uh, Zack Schneider directed that by the way, if you guys didn't know. Oh, really? Yeah, which is yep. totally random when you look at what he did afterward because it has none of the same elements of anything else he's directed. So, Fun fact for the day, guys. But uh, I think Sean was trying to drive at the point that, unfortunately, uh, this, this great director uh, passed away this uh, this past weekend. Real sad, real sad story. But, you know, I think he was, was he 95, I believe? And I think he was suffering from lung cancer, if I remember reading that correctly. Um so, real shame that, that he had to pass away. And unfortunately, we had another one uh, that, that passed, uh, I believe it was last night, uh, I believe it was, but uh, Martin Landau. Um, you know, real shame. Uh, I'm trying to think. Unfortunately, the movies that I remember him from are, uh, uh, you know, Mission Impossible. And uh, strangely, what was the movie I was talking about earlier? That um, It was the one where it was everybody was underground. I, I, could, I can't think of it offhand. City of Ember. But... Thank you, City of Ember. But yeah, um, real sad thing that we lost, you know, two greats like that. But you know, and a great, great uh, recurring cameo in Entourage. Must say, two thousand three years worth of cameos. It was probably one of the funnier uh, things in some of the later seasons. So yeah, yeah. and and really just unfortunate. I was just gonna say, and and he was also a uh, you know a member of the cast of one of my favorite uh, pre-Vegas trip uh, movies, uh, Rounders, which which I think we've talked about before. So. Indeed. Great movie. Always nice. So definitely a loss. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now that we got the, the somber stuff out of the way, got any good news for us, Peter? Po- good positive news? time. So the first one I'll talk about is uh, I think we all thoroughly enjoyed this movie and we talked about it. I think it was 
hell, maybe five or six weeks ago now, which is Wonder Woman is now, uh, it's basically guaranteed to be the biggest domestic movie for this summer's box office. So it started with an opening just over, I think it was 102 million for its opening weekend uh, compared to Guardians, which was around, I think it was like 140 or 150 million. And it is just about to pass Guardians. It's it's basically guaranteed. So so Wonder Woman has made $380.7 million. Guardians made $386.5 million. And Wonder Woman still is in hundreds of theaters. So it's still got plenty of room to go. Um, not only that, it is on track to also beat... Uh, I'm, trying to remember which Harry Potter it's uh, Deathly Hallows part two as being the third most profitable domestically for Warner Brothers so it's only going to be behind the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises so we go from a movie that we were all talking about it months and months and months ago there was a lot of news around it saying you know behind the scenes things weren't looking good you know the movie itself was a mess yada 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 Warner Brothers hasn't done great so far with the DC Universe and go figure it has now become their most profitable domestically. So I think that's crazy great news. Um, you know, again, we all really like the movie, and you know, I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know about you guys. I will say, are you guys shocked that they like beat out Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two? Because coming in, into the summer, I never would have thought that. Totally agree. Yeah, definitely yeah, agree. De- definitely shocked. Yeah. But you know, it is it is shocking, and it's slightly not just be based on how much good reviews it, it came out. And it, I mean, it's it's definitely swung the the DC universe over because you know Guardians has a big strong following, but I think when when word of mouth of how good Wonder Woman actually was, I think it just it everybody had to go see it. I remember like my mom could have cared less about seeing Guardians of the Galaxy two, but when she heard that you know Wonder Woman was actually a really good movie, she went out and saw it. Made my dad go bring her. So, well, tell I your mom was, to go see was... Guardians 2. What's she, what's she wasting her time <laughs> on not watching Guardians 2? She, she could, She'll she fall could, asleep normally. She, she, she surprisingly falls asleep in most movies, so I think my dad's very hesitant to bring her to movies because he's like, I'm not spending $15 on you to fall asleep in the middle of a movie. <laughs> I, sp- I only Hi, do mom. it for myself. Shout out. You know this happens. Jeez, Dave. Just uh, throw your mom under the bus. Gosh. <laughs> she knows it happens. <laughs> She's proud of it sometimes. So do you guys think that the director is the reason that they succeeded because... I'm not as excited about your boy Zack Schneider with Justice League. I still think that his track record is very dark and boring. Um, yeah, which has kind of been the the, the biggest hangup on most of these DC movies. So, um, as exciting as Wonder Woman is, just got to temper those expectations for what's to come with Justice League. Sorry. I, no, just, I mean I I think you're definitely right though because what's interesting. So Patty Jenkins, right? She's uh, she was the director for Wonder Woman. She actually had pitched doing a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie uh, years ago, which is one of the reasons she got the gig. So, I mean, she had a vision. She stayed true to her vision, and it was a much more lighthearted, you know, kind of upbeat vision compared to to everything Schneider's done. So I, I'm with you. I, I think, if anything, hopefully this kind of teaches Warner Brothers that they need to stay they need to at least be a little more even keel. They can't just do everything in this very go dour to light. tone. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> just well, go to the light. <laughs> go to the light or at least bring a little bit more light-heartedness into the movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Either way, it's it's a good thing, and hopefully this locks her in for the next one. So, uh, The other thing that is going on, obviously, uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, 
Disney does their giant uh, D23 convention, which is basically just everything Disney. It's it's Disney parks, roller coasters, along with obviously they own Marvel, they own the the Lucasfilm you know entities, including Star Wars and all those. So there's a lot going on with there. Uh, a few things to talk about. I mean, real quick uh, for anybody who has seen Wreck It Ralph, I think it's a great. Um, I think is that Disney or Pixar guys? Do you know? I don't. I don't that was Disney. Okay. So I, I, great Disney film that basically revolves around a, a video game character and kind of what would it be like if all the video game characters lived together in this kind of digital video game world. Great movie. I think pretty underrated. They're coming out with a Wreck-It Ralph 2. And the premise is uh, basically the cartoon characters against some of the Disney princesses. So it's, you know, Disney basically going meta on themselves and pulling in all their properties. So should be interesting, but, you know, again, first one was underrated, so hoping that the second one's great, and it's got John C. Riley as the, you know, main character, which is always a great thing. Um, the other thing is just some of the footage that they've been screening. So, I mean, they had some new footage for Infinity War, and then they had some footage for uh, Black Panther and whatnot. But I, the, the overall rumblings are, from an Infinity War standpoint, Everybody in the audience just went nuts, and what they showed kind of blew people's mind. I guess there's some pretty heavy footage from uh, Spider-Man, which is which is a great thing. So obviously we all really enjoyed Spider-Man, and he's going to be a big part in the in Infinity War. Uh, the other part is they had everybody, or everybody other than Chris Evans, and I'm trying to think of the other. I think it was one or two folks, but they had it was every- the Chris's. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, they had Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt's doing uh, Jurassic Park right now, Jurassic World. It, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, and I believe it was was, was Hemsworth there. Or was he uh, Hems- too? Because that's we got three Chris's. We could be uh, uh, I think Hems- Hem- I think Hemsworth was there. Hemsworth was there. So so yeah, you know I think who was there? Dave Bautista was there. Dave, of course, <laughs> Dave Bautista was there. Can't you can't miss Drax? No, but uh, so what? Obviously, we're all alluding to is uh, you know. Marvel and Disney does what they do, which is you have a press conference and you bring on the cast and characters and you kind of give the fans a a taste of everybody. So essentially they had every single character from Infinity War on stage. And I think it was, God, it had to be over 20 plus people. And literally it's every single character you've seen in the movies is going to be in Infinity War. So anybody who you've seen in a Marvel superhero movie to date is going to be there. So it's, it they're pulling out all the stops. It's looking pretty exciting. The footage, I guess, is supposed to be great. Um, I mean, from reading some of the descriptions, and I won't read you some of what they kind of they describe the footage and they describe the scenes. But from what I've read, it sounds phenomenal. And I think you know, from what we've all seen in, in the recent movies, we've all loved them. So uh, I'm excited for it. I don't know about you guys. If you guys are looking forward to it as much as I am. Well, now that you told me the entire cast from every movie's there, I'm just excited to see some more Aunt May. So if I wasn't excited before, I'm in. You know, it sounds like a lot. Like from what I was reading, it sounds like there's a lot of like people pairing off throughout the movie. And the most interesting one that I heard about today was that that's got me kind of uh, pretty. I was laughing just thinking about it. Was uh, Iron Man and Drax because. If you think about the sarcasm with Iron Man and then the literal, the literal, everything literal with, with Drax, I'm just like, that could be hilarious. That's some great um, banter. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just, uh, it's, it's like, seriously, the clashing of, what is it? 10 years of movies 
into one. I'm just, if, if I wasn't excited before, I'm extremely excited now. So, you know, I think Disney's kind of done a great job with like with saying, Hey, Comic-Con, you know, what you got going on is great, but we can do something better. So, um, shout out to them for taking the shine away from the San Diego Comic-Con. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And that's the other funny thing too, is that Comic-Con's coming right up. So they really, they kind of butted this right against it just to kind of say, Hey, we've got just as much stuff to show off as you guys do. I, I will say you brought up a great point, Sean, which is, Infinity War is actually going to be coming out at the 10 year anniversary. So this is kind of the culmination of, of, you know, 10 years in the making of these, I think 15 plus movies that have come out to date. Now, what's pretty interesting about that is that, uh, you know, obviously Infinity War is going to be Avengers, almost basically Avengers four when you think about it, cause you've got, uh, Avengers age of Ultron, uh, Civil, War, Civil War, which yeah. is essentially it, yeah. And then you've got Infinity War, but there's actually going to be a second part, which uh, I don't think has a title yet, but is a follow-up to the Avengers. What's interesting is that Infinity War is going to be taking place on the 10th anniversary, and one year following Infinity War will be the 5th Avengers, which is going to round out uh, Phase 4 three. of the Marvel. Or, yeah, Phase 3. Phase 3, yeah. Phase 3. Yep. So that will round out phase three, which essentially is going to bring it off, bring us off into the next decade of movies. It's going to completely almost sever the time, not the timeline, but kind of the current stories and take us off in a new direction. So it's interesting that you have such a, a big movie happening on the 10th anniversary and literally the year after is when they're going to end everything. So I'm curious to see if you're going to have that big of a spectacle going twice. Cause I think Floyd even mentioned that, you know, in our interview with him, the next Avengers has a $500 million budget. And then immediately one year after you have another Avengers movie. So it's, I'm really interested to see how the heck they're going to top themselves and just in general, how they're even going to make this next one be so big. So well, my, like the whole thing initially was that it was going to be two movies worth of uh, Thanos, but like, <laughs> I mean, I, you might still get a second movie worth of Thanos. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but I, I mean, like I said, I'm still going to pave it in full for every ticket I buy for Marvel movies. They've done a great job of at least taking characters that we're familiar with or that people are familiar with. Not everybody is, but and just making making you care about them. So I think, uh, you know, I, I think I'm excited. Uh, it sounds as like most of you guys are excited and it sounds like uh, there's millions in probably millions of people around the world that are excited about it so you know looking forward to that it's going to be a fun uh christmas and uh summer coming up and and just you know on that same note you know not that we need to praise disney and marvel too much on this but you also have to remember that not only did they take these characters that we all were from you know people were familiar with you know they also weren't you know like the x-men or spider-man properties who you know sony and fox had the rights to they took essentially what were at the time you know, we all grew up with a lot of them. We, you know, we, we enjoyed them. But I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, a lot of these characters, even Iron Man. You know, in some in some circles, you know, was a B, uh, a B um, superhero. The Avengers were always well known, but I mean, nobody knew them as much as the X Men. So, it's amazing what they're able to do with this with this property with this property in this Marvel universe where they can't even say the word mutant, um, and just phenomenal work. And you know, we're going on ten years. And shout out to John Favre. I know we talked about him during Spider Man. Happy. But he just he started us on a strong note, and Marvel and Disney have just carried us forward. So, 
pretty pretty awesome times and um have to be this this enthusiastic about this property just because when we talk about the uh the star wars properties that also disney owns i'm not quite as excited so i feel like i have to <laughs> i have to be a bit more excited about this one so i i think they i think about. they said there might be a death star in infinity war so we'll see. <laughs> oh god please I mean, please let it's, it happen it's a I planet mean, they, that has a gun inside of it that can destroy other planets <laughs> but it's not called a Death Star. It's just called a Death Planet. Would you be okay with this? It, I mean, we, a, we've all heard the Patton Oswalt. A murder planet. We, we've all heard the Patton Oswalt uh, filibuster from Parks and Recreation. So we know <laughs> the that technically if Thanos world. gets the Infinity Gauntlet, he could go into the Star Wars universe and do do just that. So um, if they want, if they want to ruin my love for Marvel movies, I guess they would have the ability to. Here, here's hoping. Shout out to Parks and Rec, by the way. Great show. Woo-woo. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, any uh, any additional uh, news we got for this week? That's all I got. That's that's let's all we got. Some, all let's right. talk some apes, not monkeys. Apes. All right. Gotta get it right. Oh, chimps mainly a lot. Most mostly chimps. Lots of chimps. Um. So yeah, I guess we can uh, go ahead and start doing some initial thoughts. So uh, why don't we just kind of take a little quick preview on uh, what you know because this movie in itself was you know fairly well received uh, let's do a quick overview on your going into it how you felt based on the previous movies you know just your lead into it and your overall feel of the movie after you saw it uh let's start with sean this time look Real i'll, quick, I'll be 100 percent honest when the first movie came out a couple of years ago rise of the planet of the apes i expected this to be absolute shit like <laughs> i was like nobody wants a planet of the apes re- remake nobody like the, the the attempt they had with mark Wahlberg was trash um, I, I was very off on it, but I, you know, I, I kind of like the idea, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a James, uh, Franco fan. So I gave it a shot, ended up being a really good movie the, with the rise of the planet of the apes, uh, and then dawn of dawn of the apes or dawn of the planet of the apes, whatever I forgot the title of the name, um, was you're right. Great, great storyline continued the, the story of Caesar and the way they just tied in the ape. I guess technology's helped them a lot with this in the last, what, 10 years, I'd say. They're able to do great work with with basically motion capture where you're getting these characters that are supposed to be animals and you're feeling like you're feeling empathy towards like their situation. So it's it's more or less a movie series that's become anti-human and more like, you know, pro uh pro apes i guess so i mean i've gotten a i i guess the the way i'm what i'm trying in a roundabout way trying to say is that i've actually you know become a fan of these movies and when they were going to make a third movie i was kind of like eh like i mean i knew it was coming but war of the planet of the apes like what am i going to get with this like you know um but yeah i mean i think they've done a great job just overall with something that nobody wanted they've made a great little uh Caesar trilogy out of it so um but what about you what do you think Peter yeah I mean I'm kind of with you when they first talked about releasing these I wasn't super jazzed to be honest with you guys I was a fan of the old Planet of the Apes movie so it's funny 
they were they were one of those where I'm trying to remember what the channel was. I don't know if it was TMC or TLC or TBS, but they used it to was play. like sci-fi. Sci-fi used to play them. Yeah, they used to do like the marathons every year, and it's kind of the same way that they they do the James Bond marathons over certain holidays. But um, I I would catch them whenever they were on, and you know you look at the original with Charlton Heston, and it's a great movie, and it's got you know obviously some of the most memorable lines of any movie ever. And everybody kind of knows the, the the scenes that you know, which is the Statue of Liberty on the beach and some of these really iconic and, and you know, classic scenes. Uh, and then the, the following movies from there were just ridiculous, but super fun and super campy. Um, when they came out with the Tim Burton one, I wasn't old enough to really have an appreciation for anything, but I went and saw it and it was terrible. And then they, you know, they announced these and I just kind of said, I, I don't know why you would do this. I don't really get it, but. I remember I saw the James Franco original, which was Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and uh, it was okay. It was fairly entertaining, um, you know. And then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out, and this was one that I didn't see in theaters, but I remember renting, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it, you know, whereas Rise was kind of lighthearted and a little goofy, you know, I kind of sto- told the story of how this all started, but the movie itself was a little goofy. Um, you know, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was actually a pretty raw, pretty, you know, exciting movie, right? It's got Gary Oldman in a main role. It's got, uh, Jason Clark, um, trying to think she plays Felicity and, uh, Carrie Russell. So, I mean, there's a great cast to it. I think it was a lot of fun. You get to actually meet, uh, you know, the main character of these, which is Caesar when he's in his, you know, he's actually somebody that you can start to relate with as a character because he's started to speak more and have more, um, you know, he's, he's more emotive and so on and so forth. But I really enjoyed that. So when this one, I saw the trailers for this, it looked like it could be fun. Um, I, I was, I was fairly interested and enticed to go see it overall. I, I know I told you guys, you know, before we started, I feel bad because I literally was just not into this movie. It, and not that I didn't like it, but when you read the Rotten Tomato reviews, I mean, this is 94%. You, you look all over the internet, it says this is the movie of the summer and it, it, you know, it's an amazing film. I didn't feel the same. I thought it didn't live up to uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I thought it was it was kind of slow and methodical. It didn't really get me into it. Um, you know, it, it, visually it was pretty impressive, obviously, you know, the motion capture and the, the work from, um, Andy Circus, really everybody. And it's, I mean, even Steve Zahn did a great job, right? Let's not forget he was in it. So, yeah, no, it's a great point. I mean, it, like, uh, from a, from a technical standpoint, this movie is great looking and it's just, it, it is a, it is a great film, but f- you know, in terms of my enjoyment, it just really wasn't there. Um, and we'll get into some other pieces and parts. So I, I personally, personally, I feel bad just because I feel, you know, I didn't mention this, but I actually, I did fall asleep in a part of the movie. So whether that's me passing out from lack of sleep from having a newborn or just the movie didn't really get me, um, I, I kind of want to see it again just to see if I missed something. But overall, it just really didn't do it for me. So um yeah i guess uh you know uh, matt what about you so so i didn't fall asleep from from having a newborn um that i know of <laughs> but uh 
I, I did have a heavy weekend of drinking, visiting some friends, um, and I, I didn't quite fall asleep, but I got I got pretty close. Um, there was a there was a kid um, next to me who could tell he was too young to be in the movie, and um, it was just playing with the reclining seat, and his dad kept having like you know bat you know get his attention to stop, and so all I was thinking was like if a movie with apes can't keep a kid entertained um, the entire time. I don't know what it's really going for, and I know exactly what it was going for—a much more deeper story. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just just to try, you know, just to just add to it, I, I'm right there with with Peter on this. It it didn't get me, um, you know, from a from a plot perspective or story perspective. The acting was good in general; visuals were phenomenal. Um, but you know, that being said, I wasn't that—I I don't think I've hit it. I wasn't that in into this this series. I was looking forward to the first one. And it, you know, it was fine, but overall kind of let me down. Second one, even, even more so. Um, it was very close to being a good movie, but just in my mind kind of fell apart about halfway through. And this one, it kind of got me disinterested pre- pretty early on. I, th- I think my favorite parts of the movie were the, um, you know, they didn't have a, a scroll scrolling story, but uh, a, a scrolling um, kind of background story, but they did have a few um, background um what would those be called? I guess kind of uh, they're setting the stage. The intros, you mean? Yeah, the, the intro little, text. The intros, I'm, sure there's yeah. a, I'm sure there's a technical or or a industry word for it, but they had a few um, texts giving you background for the movies, and they were basically describing the previous movies. And the, probably my favorite part about it, which is why I can't believe uh, Sean couldn't remember the names of these movies, but they actually incorporated the title, the main titles of those movies into uh, into that text. And I was like, good job, <laughs> I did remember Rise, yeah, good job, I did remember guys. Rise, Dawn, and War. So I knew the three key phrases it, or the three words. It, in, okay. in Sean's defense, these titles make zero sense because somehow you have a rise and then there's a dawn after a rise. I mean, a war is okay, but I, I they, don't. They totally explained it in those credit thing, in those uh, opening yeah. credits things. Even I can explain bullshit though. So I was just gonna say they explained it, but it's <laughs> still terrible. Shit. Just just pick another word. Ah, uh, so, well, we're saving that for a little bit later, but, Sean. But there there was Keep a that one time. Yeah, but there was a fair amount of text in there. Uh, anyways, yeah. So just overall, um, the series has never been you know that big, that high on my list, which is a shame because they were they're all very close to being awesome movies. The first two, especially, um, and and this one was probably the farthest from one. Yet it's they've all all been very well reviewed, especially this one. And it's just. I guess I just don't. I just don't get it. They're not for me. I guess, and we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. But overall, just didn't really care. And uh, yeah, what about you, Dave? So I'm kind of in the the, the Peter uh, aspect on this one. Although you know, the funny thing is, is that I, you know, my dad loved Charlton Heston. Just that was one of his favorite actors. So I watched Planet of the Apes probably when I was like really, really, really young. So I always kind of knew about these films. So when, you know, the, the, the Tim Burton one came out, I was horribly disappointed with it. Just, it, it annoyed me because the, uh, you know, how, how it ended just really annoyed me that they didn't, you know, go with the same route that they did with the original one. In, in this series, it, you know, it, it popped up. I was kind of intrigued by it. Um, not too excited because based, you know, my, I formed my opinion based on these remakes, based on the Tim Burton version. So I had very low expectations. However, a lot of people told me it was really good uh, for Dawn. Dawn, or yeah, Dawn. No, Rise was really good. So went and saw it. I enjoyed it. Um, not so much, but you know, hey, why not? It was it was decent enough. The Rise came out, or Dawn. Excuse me, I keep messing them up. Uh, Dawn came out fairly entertaining. Good cast. 
you know, it, it, it pushed the pushed the envelope a little bit on it in terms of what they were trying to do with this whole new, you know, realistic uh, explanation as opposed to the original uh, prequels with it. I don't know if y'all remember those back in the day, um, which was Escape from the Planet of the Apes. I don't know if y'all did y'all ever see those? If, if I did, I was really little, actually. I'll have to be honest. Okay. Most of my real um, uh, Planet of the Apes knowledge comes from, um, again, if I thought I was real little, it comes from the iconic scenes like Peter reference that we all know and, in okay. reality, The Simpsons. So I know more about Dr. <laughs> nice. I know more about Dr. Say hey, than I know about Planet of the Apes, Charles and Hess. I know. All right. Um, but, yeah, so um, the big thing was, was that um, – you know, basically, they tried explaining it with the previous movies, where the the apes went back in time with a ship that landed and left an ape there that could speak. So this is a whole new kind of swing at it. I was kind of more intrigued with how they were going to explain it. And, and you've probably people have learned listened to our podcast know I'm always intrigued about the backstory type thing of how they explain how these things tie in. That's usually the only big pluses I like out of these movies, even though, you know how how ridiculous their explanation may be. I'm always interested in the fact that they try to explain it. So this movie, like Peter said, it was just kind of, it, it, I, I liked how the plot ended up, how they explained everything, tied everything together. But the movie itself, it was just fairly slow at points. They, they needed to throw in some additional action scenes to kind of keep everybody, you know, entertained. And it just, it didn't, it didn't pull through in that aspect. The plot was so-so, but again, I always like the explanations on things, and that's usually the biggest driver for me. Um, but yeah, that's really all I got on my initial thoughts on that. Um, so moving into like the, the spoilers, I think we just kind of wanted to do like a general discussion over this movie about what we enjoyed and what we didn't enjoy. So I will leave it open to the group unless y'all have any particular thing. I, I have some, some qualms I'd like to, uh, to, to, to bring up, if y'all don't mind me bringing up, see what y'all feel about them. Go Yay. for it. Have at it. So, all right, so first scene, or first first little battle scene, the the little uh, the scene in which Caesar is hanging out in his in his little den, right? So the colonel comes in and goes on a a, um, a or I guess an assassination mission for Caesar. Well, just just to just to be clear, you're skipping the first battle scene, but that's oh okay. shoot, I you are correct. I'm sorry. First battle scene was actually pretty cool. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Did y'all not enjoy that? I liked when the the apes showed up with the smoke and the uh, kind of overran them with the projectile spear type arrow things. Man, you, you do not screw with the apes, man. But what blew me away was the the fact that they had the the donkey apes, which was real interesting. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting how they y'all know what like I'm talking about. They basically apes, said that they were like they that those were yeah. the ones that were against Caesar. Like the apes that yeah, were so the on Koba the apes. side, yeah, the Koba apes, yeah, yeah, they were all the yeah, which you know I could I I probably should have rewatched this uh, dawn before I came into this because I completely forgot about that I completely forgot about that entire plot line which was apparently the biggest plot line of that whole movie which you know bad bad research on my <laughs> which part. is funny because that was like one of the main things I actually liked was the fact I, that I, they kept interact interjecting <laughs> like Koba and I, uh, I Caesar. Know. So, you know, I, I, I remembered it after they brought it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. So I, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. But but so, like, my biggest pet peeve, moving to the, we'll call it the next scene, where the colonel, you know, he, you know, based on that first battle, he finds out that, that Caesar is alive, and basically they track back to Caesar's hideout. And, you know, the, the thing that got me is they go in for this little assassination mission, and unfortunately end up killing you know, his son and wife, but 
How did he know it was that he thought it was Caesar? And why the shit didn't they just firebomb the shit out of it to make sure that nobody was that none of the apes were there? Because like, it why makes would you just kill sense. one ape? Because it makes, okay. makes zero sense. Okay. Especially right. like so, you said, I get why he couldn't tell the difference. I mean, I, I you know I probably don't spend as much time in zoos as as some people may do, but I don't know that I'd be able to tell the difference between them, which which is exactly what this movie's showing us, right? They were terrible, but um, yeah, it made zero sense. But yeah, it was. I mean, it just blew my mind that that was actually something they could think that that would be a valid plot line. And but anyway, that was my biggest my biggest pet peeve with that whole whole thing. Um, but what about y'all? How did y'all how did y'all feel about it overall? Give a little bit more your your biggest issues with it. How about that? Well, I'll jump in here because I I like this movie, but I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Like it was just okay. Like it was a good. It was like eh, I enjoyed it. Like I like I liked. The good build up, it like I, I keep saying this, but it, it it just like it left a lot to be desired because of the fact that you have a lot of slow moving storyline, and then you get to a point where there's there's just no build there's no build up like there's nothing that really there like you it's kind of like you wait for the payoff and there's no payoff so it's uh I mean the one thing I, I'll kind of get into is the the character of the Colonel from Woody Harrelson. Like it starts out like it's, you know, you get into something about how it, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson, the colonel goes into the, the ape den after uh, his men kind of give him the location on where it is. And he goes to kill Caesar and fails and inadvertently kills his family, which uh, sort of sets off the plot line of how it, it becomes a story of revenge on Caesar's part, which the reason I like this movie is because the whole fact that Caesar was against revenge against the humans, which is what Koba was all about in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So that's the, that's the highlight of what I really liked about the movie. It was that it was a story of revenge given that he was against revenge previously in the last movie. So, um, I was, I, like I said, I, I'm kind of a fan of the movie. I didn't hate it, didn't love it, but I definitely don't understand how people are saying this is one of the greatest films of the year. Yeah. So like I was saying, like it, it's, it, it brings up an interesting point of how the the you know as a prequel for the the original Planet of the Apes, not again, not time the Tim Burton version, the Charlton Heston version, about how you know uh, basically the apes kind of move out into the desert. They you know they'll set up the Forbidden Zones, which is you know in that movie it was a a uh, a nuclear war that had had started it. But you know how the humans become you know kind of. I'm going to say dumb and dumb and actually in both terms of it, in terms that they can't speak and that they, they really have no higher functioning brain. So basically they just eat, uh, sleep and shit is basically their entire life cycle. And that's how they get turned into the slaves again, or I guess domestic, domesticated pets for the apes. It's so they, there's a, there's a reversal in it. Um, it, I thought it was interesting how they brought that into it and explained that away. So I, I that was one of the better things, but, you know, and getting how they got there, I think they just, it, it was a little frustrating in, in terms of that. Just, I th- you know, I think Sean brought up a good point where it was the, the, the story of revenge, right? So, so Caesar's biggest thing was that he didn't want to be human. And the whole time he kept going back and forth and stating, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't be the way it is. I shouldn't be the way it is. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be like them. I shouldn't be like Kobe. And all of a sudden at the end, he's just like, nah, I'm like him. So I'm going to go kill him. 
So, and I think, and, and did y'all get that there was a redeeming factor when he actually found the colonel? Which, did the colonel actually ever have a name, or was he referred to as the colonel? Did y'all catch that? I, I didn't, just I the didn't colonel. catch a name, yeah. But, it was just the colonel? Okay. Uh, so but do you think there was some redeeming factor to it at the end? I mean, mildly, but it also was kind of a cop-out. He Caesar never had to make a decision because yeah. the decision was made for him. So I, I actually didn't, didn't really care for that. I thought that was... You know, it, it's clever because the doll had the virus, but um, it, it was a cop out, and and I don't even know if it was clever because we all saw that happening. Um, yeah, but they they also just kept making a lot of decisions that didn't make sense to me. Like if you, I I know there's a, a lot of um, theories and these kinds of things that you know you want to keep the leader, um, you know, kind of diminished as well, and that'll keep everybody else. Uh, even more subordinate to you. Um, but I, I guess I'd never be a good dictator or something like that. Cause I'd probably just, if I'm, if I'm that gone, I'd probably just have that guy killed. Right. So it didn't make sense that they kept yep. allowing these things to happen and, Oh, he's still alive. Let's just let him out. Um, and so overall, just when that all ended up, ended up happening, I am glad Caesar went back to actually go do something. Um, but it just ended up being a cop out for the movie in general. And I mean, there really is a ton to talk about if you want to get into the deep kind of allegorical topics of this movie. But from a, from a, just an general inter- independent uh, entertainment standpoint and just character decision making, uh, especially on the colonel's point, on the colonel's part, it it was just it was pain. It was I don't know. It was dis- it was uninteresting. And you know, we always talk about characters doing dumb things. This isn't quite there. Um, but there, there were a fair amount where it, it just didn't make sense to me. And the movie was able to progress because the characters made decisions that it didn't seem like the character would make. It very much seemed like the character, the Colonel was the kind of person that would kill Caesar. He literally went to assassinate him. And then as soon as he has him in prison, he decides, Oh, well, we'll just keep letting him live and we'll let him motivate these people. And yeah, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm not a leader of that sort, so I, I can't speak to what the correct decision is but it just doesn't seem like the right one i well i mean i think uh, go, go ahead, go ahead i was start. just gonna say i think i'm kind of with you and i don't know if you guys remember pretty well but rise of the planet of the apes had a very similar plot line in that or at least maybe a similar storyline in that you know caesar ends up getting locked up at this you know ape kind of pound if you will i'm trying to think of a better name for it but um, you know, he gets locked up with the other apes and and eventually conspires with them to escape because his captors are, you know, abusive and they're not in their best interests and the apes all escape. This is a very I mean, to me, this movie didn't do anything original. It took a very similar plot because, the, you know, there's some differences in the beginning as as he goes on his journey to go get revenge. He then gets captured and ends up in a cell and. And then the plot turns back to rise where he's trying to escape. And so you basically just live with them as they escape. And then to your point, Matt, you don't get to see the Colonel really do anything other than, you know, kind of do some passive aggressive, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make you my subordinate. I'm going to make, you know, show everybody that I control you in a few, maybe emotional scenes, but I didn't really get, it, it didn't really hit me. And then the end of it, to your point it's just kind of a cop out. I mean, he ends up getting this this disease and is incapacitated, so we don't really even get to see Caesar make a decision there. So, I, to me, it just felt 
and Sean, I think you said it well earlier as well, which was it kind of felt like it was just anticlimactic. It didn't really succeed on the promise of the movie. It, it, it took a few threads and didn't do anything super exciting. So I think that's what really rubbed me the wrong way is there was, there was things going on visually. It was, it was appealing, but the plot just didn't, it just wasn't fast. Maybe it wasn't fast paced enough. I don't know. It just, I think those are some of the things that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, so I've seen movies that had nothing to do with more that had more battles than this movie did. So in terms of not delivering on the promise that this movie was, was fantastic That's for sure. at, not, at not delivering. Yeah, since war is in the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and with that, and with that as a point, I remember I, I listened to a few, a few podcasts and read some stories before this came out. And, some points people had made up was we're looking forward to seeing how this ties together the the prequels with the you know the original apes because this is they explicitly didn't say that they were going to tie it one to one but they did say that this is going to lead up to you know where we ended up in those movies or at least get us closer and what's funny is to your point in terms of war the apes weren't even part of the war the war was humans versus humans yeah. and apes just happened to be in the middle of the whole thing. So, and when you watch the previews for the movie, you get a very different feel for what the heck's going on. So yeah, I, I agree with you. They, they, they kind of did a, an end around on you and it wasn't in a good way. And, and even that war was just one battle, uh, which also felt like it had a cop out. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Maybe one other thing I wanted to, to, to add, um, so we were talking about Caesar and, and everybody um, you know, looking up to him and, and all that jazz. One thing that cracked me up is Caesar went into this compound to rescue all these people, and then he gets captured. And when Maurice and the other folks, um, I think uh, uh, one of the characters that Sean wants to, to talk about here in a second, when they decide what they need to do, they decide, oh, well, what would Caesar do? I'm like, well, Caesar would get his ass caught because that's what he just did. So what do you what do you mean? What was do do not what Caesar did because he just got caught. Do something else. So that that kind of cracked me up, and and I guess you know that that comes up on in the later kind of historical views of, of how Caesar is that it's already there that even if Caesar gets caught, you know, in, in your perspective, he, what Caesar would do would be awesome and save everyone. So, um, but they, that fun band of groups was, was definitely probably the, the more enjoyable, um, aspects of it. So, uh, and I think, I think that's a Steve Zahn drop, uh, for Sean, which by the way, great segue. Cause I think what you, when you ask, what would you, what you should do is what you should do is what you follow Bad Ape, which is Bad Ape seems to have kept himself free by just staying away from everything. So, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> he was smart. He, he was just like the whole, I mean, Steve Zahn played the role of the Bad Ape character who was, um, to, to Peter's point earlier, was one of those captive apes who just learned to speak. And he, I guess he adopted the name Bad Ape because every time he would do something, they would just tell him he's a bad ape. So, uh, he listened to humans, picked up on the speech pattern, and then ended up basically calling himself Bad Ape and picking up some some uh, some phrases, words here. But uh, yeah, I thought that was his character was one of the highlights of the film because I mean he ultimately saves he ultimately saves Caesar from and and the rest of the apes by uh, figuring a way out of the uh, the uh, the base, I guess it is. But uh, I thought Steve Zahn really added the comedic relief of this movie. Because of the fact that it's a it is a pretty slow moving movie and it's pretty somber and if not for those 
brief moments of hilarity from Steve Zahn, I think this movie would be a lot worse. But uh, what what do you guys think about this, though? So I love Steve Zahn. I think we've talked about him before. Not much to add. The only thing I do want to chime in on that is he, he was phenomenal um, throughout and very funny um, later in the movie. But the first couple scenes, um, when you, you first get the introduction to his name being Bad Ape because all these you know, humans treated him horribly and would just call him bad ape was then followed by him falling and tripping and stumbling, which is usually a, you know, a comedic relief type thing. But it was actually painful for me to see. Cause I was like, man, I'm feeling really bad for this ape probably more than every other. Yeah. I probably cared more about this character than every other one. Um, and they're trying to add some levity to it by having him trip. And I was like, ah, oh, was, that was a little cheap. And I don't know, maybe it was just me, but beyond that, beyond that fantastic character to add. And I was, I was glad he was well, there. He, I mean, he was suffering from like. I mean, he, how long did he say he was by himself? Like five, six years or something like that. So I mean, he was he was probably having mental breakdowns for the fact that he just saw these 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 apes. You know what I mean? Well, which is even sadder that he then tripped as a exactly. joke. Exactly. So yeah, I, I completely exactly. agree. There's plenty of reasons to pity this guy, and then you have him trip as a as a as a joke. So he was funny um, throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the movie, but that was just like, come on, guys, you're actually finally caring about the character, and then you have him trip. Um, so. Which I guess I, I, mean, I guess my friend's trip and it's funny, so it's okay. <laughs> so, but you know the fun the funny thing is though, like it's you know, it's not really funny. It's just it's it's weird that you know they use him as like a as the one who's the the, the the comedic you know person. But the problem is is that he's the one that's telling him everything to do that's right in these situations. If you think about it, he's literally the only one that's like this is this is stupid. We need to we need to survive. But he just says it in the funny way, and everybody's like, haha, no, shut up. Caesar's smart, exact, except that, you know, as Matt pointed out, Caesar is dumb because he gets caught every freaking time. So, I don't know. I just, I feel like that, that other, and that apes, their bad apes seemed like he was a lot, a lot older. Did y'all get that same impression? He was very, um, he kind of reminded me of, uh, what's this, what did uh, Andy Serkis play in um, Gollum. Lord of the Rings? And I'm blanking right now. Gollum. Did he not look like Gollum to you? <laughs> he did a little bit. I, he had the... When he, he, a, when he, stuck his, he was like a bald ape, too. Yeah, weird. exactly. This well, mini... When he stuck his head up out of the hole, I was like, that is Gollum right there. Yeah. That is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I <laughs> I mean, just to add about Bad Ape, I, I'm with you guys. I, I did I did like him overall. I was, I was surprised that the kind of comedic relief in this type of movie worked so well and it i know matt you said the first few times was a little odd for me it was kind of funny because i thought it would be off-putting and i actually was okay with it throughout the movie so um uh even even the first few scenes i know you you said liked it later on but i thought that was uh surprisingly good touch by uh, the director matt reeves there i will say uh one thing that's interesting about the idea of bad ape is that it points out the fact that we've been following Caesar and kind of his band of apes throughout the rest of these movies. And, and that's the only apes we've seen or are these ones that were with him in the kind of a mid original. Um... We only see one perspective. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it, I think it's funny that we have bad ape who is from a different tribe because we've been following the same group of apes from the original movie and they all came from that original lab and now you've got Bad Ape, who was raised completely separate, so you potentially have an entire tribe of apes that are not with Caesar, and that somehow, I think to me what was even more interesting is that Bad Ape is the best, um, best what's the best way to say it? He has the best uh, English of all the other apes other than Caesar, 
even though all mm-hmm. these other ones are with Caesar the entire time. So you have to wonder what's going on in these other ape tribes. Is there something different? And then um, I think Matt Reeves, there was an interview with him and they kind of asked him, you know, what do you think about having follow on movies? And his comment was, you know, I think the, the next movies are going to cover if there are more movies could potentially cover. It's not, not any longer that we're looking at humans versus apes, but it's more, are we looking at apes versus apes? Because now we've got these other tribes. Are they going to start fighting each other? So that's kind of a, a, a tangent this could go. Although, you know, again, from my opinion, I didn't thoroughly love this movie. So. I think, I think it's going to be a, a holy war of uh, the Caesar followers, and they're going to go conquer the world. I think that's where it's going to go. But that's just my opinion. Um, so let me ask this question. Did, did they ever explain why certain apes can talk and some can't? Like half of them would speak in sign, and some of them would actually be able to talk. Did they ever explain that? at all i'm glad you asked because i I could i was like did i need to see the first two movies because this makes zero sense to me and it made yeah it made zero sense yeah i agree i like i i never understood that and i never realized that apparently maurice knew how to speak the whole time and just didn't so like uh at the end of the movie he started going off on his whole little uh oh that's a great point yeah i mean he had his whole little speech that to caesar and you you're just thinking, why didn't you converse with Caesar the whole time? Like, what's what's been the reason that you've just been signing? Um, and also, their ability to sign without looking at each other was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my god. Shit's on point. <laughs> but uh, the one I, I want to interject real fast because I feel like we're forgetting the one the, one of the key characters of the film, which was the little girl, and how she didn't really pick up. She was like the one person in the whole movie that people just like everybody felt like they had to do good things for her and, and nothing bad happened to her uh the humans never like really had anything against her she never I, I don't know maybe i'm just missing oh something. no they were gonna no they were gonna kill her that's why she was living by herself oh really okay oh, with I, her dad. I don't know yeah, that, yeah. because she i know woody harrelson wanted to kill everybody but i didn't know if that's what was that was the reason or not i just yeah he, he wanted to kill everybody with that disease because he's yeah. trying to stop it from proliferating although i'm still of the opinion that it's not necessarily a disease that's being transferred anymore. It's just the fact that I think he even says it in the movie, they're all immune to it. And there's just a likelihood that they're all going to get it anyway. Like, it's just the fact that this is mutating and yeah. eventually it's going to happen to him. So it's almost it's almost irrelevant. The, I think you guys mentioned the doll scene. I and I'm probably the worst person to have an opinion since I passed out inside the movie. But <laughs> I, I, it to me, it almost seemed like regardless, this is going to happen to everybody anyway. So it doesn't matter who who's around. It's just going to happen. I th- I think that's a fair argument that it, it, I think they kind of leave it fairly open ended in terms of that. And it could have been that and it could have been it was already going to happen. So. Because the question, you know, you have to wonder, like, why didn't the the guy who was taking care of the little girl, why wasn't he affected by it? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's either contagious or you're going to get it at some point. Exactly. They kind of decide. She did have the most emotion, or like the most emotional moment of the movie. It would probably be like when the the bigger ape, uh, or like the gorilla, gorilla. essentially pulled the flower from the tree, like the... I don't even know. Was it a Japanese cherry blossom tree? Maybe. I don't know if that matters. Mm-hmm. But, was uh, it this very specific tree that I just pulled yeah. out of my ass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the, that, those are the kind of trees that grow in the winter. Sorry. 
read a book. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, it was just the way the way you casually acted, like you didn't know exactly what it was, and then dropped I, exactly. I, I, I don't, I'm not 100 sure. I'm like I'm like 60, 70 percent. So, <laughs> uh, but like when when he pulled the flower down, put it in her hair, and then she ends up putting it back in his like on his ear when he passes, like when he dies. Like I thought that was like one of the only moments of the movie where I was like damn that kind of sucks <laughs> like the rest of the, when the rest of them died i was just like yeah whatever like yeah it you know yeah. par for the course but uh yeah i don't know this is just me trying to figure out like what's the key moments of the movie that had some some excitement because for the well, most so, part there was, so, there was a lot of nothing so you bring up an interesting point uh sean is that that was the most emotional scene and the thing was that bothered me was that this was a gorilla she just met right maybe a day or two she cried over his when he died right he didn't die for her trying to protect her he just died the problem is they just killed her father like two you know a few scenes prior she doesn't cry over him so what i I, that was the part that never understood is that you know they were saying that their emotions didn't exist anymore because they were basic level but then she has this emotional outburst over a gorilla that was just nice to her one time just it, it it didn't seem didn't seem to work for me unfortunately I think it was just completely out of character. Now that assumes that that first guy, we're all assuming that was um, her father. But again, hey, it happens. But uh, yeah, so uh, any last thoughts uh, on this on this movie? Anything anything that y'all wanted to point out? I really wish it was better. We, uh, cool. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious to see it again. I'm not gonna go see it in the theaters, but I. I am curious to see it again just to see if taking away all the expectations, because again, this is, uh, hopefully this doesn't become a, a habit, but reading reviews, I don't know, maybe it tainted some of the expectations, so maybe maybe the second viewing will be better. Who knows? Peter, it was better than Assassin's Creed, so I will, I will give you that. Well, that that's a given, no so. question about that one. <laughs> I mean, the reason it was better is because they had a scene where monkeys were, in fact flinging poo at people but uh <laughs> that was a that was a great scene that was a great scene i forgot I, to bring that i know up. you didn't Thank want to talk about that. that but the that was the highlight of the like that was the comedic highlight of the movie is when they were throwing poo at the, at the military guy uh <laughs> i mean you got to have the one monkey stereotype in this movie there's no question you got to have that yeah, I mean, like the my, my wrap up of the whole movie is that Maurice is my favorite character, <laughs> and I'm glad to see that he's he's still alive at the end of the film. Spoiler alert, uh, as we're already in spoilers, but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they continue this. I mean, if the movie makes enough money, they'll definitely continue it because Hollywood is is uh, basically um, out of stories to tell that are original. So. I guess I'll just have to say, um, if they do make another movie, I'll probably still go see it just to check it out and see. But um, I hope it has a better climax because I still am waiting for the the climactic moment of the movie. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, now you see now you got to remember, though, you're actually still getting your money's worth at this point because it'll move out to, uh, you know, a penny, a penny a minute. Or so that you're uh, you're paying for it because it just takes so long for it to get to that climax. So uh, we'll swing back to Matt. Matt, do you have anything else you wanted to add before we uh, call this? Yeah, I'll, I'll admit, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll. I was never that big on the entire trilogy, but maybe once this comes out um, on gets on Netflix or something, I'll go through the, the the trilogy again and kind of give them all another shake. See see how they stand up. Maybe maybe they are as good as critics say. Um, I don't see it being likely. 
Um, it's a shame a movie with such a great budget and such good visuals, clearly good acting, um, couldn't couldn't keep keep the attention um, or keep the interest there. Um, obviously, the, the critics critics loved it, um, but uh, I'd be I, I'm surprised by the audience score. I guess is what's more more surprising um, on it. Well, so, I yeah. mean, if you put it in terms in relative terms to the rest of the trilogy, or not the trilogy, I guess of the rest of the Planet of the Apes movies, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't the worst one. Let's be honest. So it probably hit middle middle of the middle of the rank, if not in the top. You know. I mean, what are there nine now? It's always better than Planet of the Apes with it, Mark it, Wahlberg. Well, we, I don't even want to consider that in there just because press, my God, put it on mute. Was just and so listen bad. To good vibrations. You can thank Tim Burton for that. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he just nah, okay, but yeah, um, but that's really it. I, I, you know, I would, I would say, I think I recommend this to my dad in terms of if you enjoyed the first two, and you kind of just feel like going to see it i would say go recommend see it but if you had no if you did not see the first two and didn't really love them there's no need to go see this in my opinion so wait for it to come out on your streaming that you're already paying for and catch it then but nothing if you're really into the the planet of the apes tri- or i guess series it's it's worth a watch i guess it's it's an interesting take on how how everything kind of came to be but that's all i really have on it but uh, last note we got a Go, oh, good. We got to keep a running tally of how many movies we need to watch with Mark Wahlberg listening to Good Vibrations. Just uh, that's two that we've just every just we two can, we can do every movie. Yeah. What about movies that he's been mentioned? I'm, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I, I would. I think I might watch the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg. Um, in you know more preferably than than this trilogy. Um, oh, you wow! De- definitely wow. this one. Now I haven't seen that Go since home. it You're came drunk, out, Matt. but. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about wow. it, and at least that I think would keep me entertained. Even if you know it's got Michael Clark Duncan, it's got some girl that hasn't been in anything since. Um, she uh, was a model. Well, Elena Bonham Carter. We got uh, Tim Roth. We got uh, yeah. Mark. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's got, um, no, they had a good cast. We, for we that have Charlton Heston in that. Bad. That's right. Yeah. So, oh God, I, 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 I almost I, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm if I'm given a, if I'm given these three a, a fair shake, I, I might have to give that one. Um, uh, if you're giving shake. it a fair shake, that's fine. But um, I, I don't know if you can actually say that that was a that was this is that's better than this trilogy. Okay, maybe not the trilogy, but maybe. All right. I'm not, and I'm not saying better. I'm just saying I might be able to watch it again more easily. Than, I still have no uh, idea what happened there. I still have no idea how the end of that movie like <laughs> happened. There's so. a there, there's an there's an ape Lincoln. Is how it happened. There is yeah. an ape. So there, so there are so there are some internet theories about how that occurs. Google it. It's, Google's your friend. Just FYI. Um, but yeah. Um, in terms of that, I guess we can move into a real quick uh, potent picks for the week. So uh, Sean, since you kind of started us off on this last one, let's let's start or ended us on this one. Let's uh, start you off for this week. What you thinking? Yeah. Um, for a potent pick, I'll go ahead and give a, a nice little recommendation here. So I. I started watching this last night. I need to go back and watch, but uh, it's the uh, College Friends show that's on Netflix right now. Seems to have a pretty uh, pretty good cast. I watched the last, the second to last episode when I got home with my roommate. Seemed pretty funny, so I'm gonna get into that because uh, it looks like uh, looks a good show. So check it out on Netflix. It's uh, College Friends. So just started streaming last week. So 
give it a, give it a try. Like, when and when I you can... said college friends show on Netflix, I literally thought you were describing the the plot I, I, and not giving I was a title. In the so same I'm, boat I'm glad that you well. <laughs> I'm glad that you made me sure that the title was uh, <laughs> College Friends. I, I did look it up. It does have uh, a decent cast. It's too many that you can name, but uh, glad, glad to hear it's uh, worth checking out. It also has somebody who you were given uh, thrown shade at last week, Matt Kobe Smolder. So uh, maybe you I don't want to watch I it. I knew there was a reason I had a lack of interest. Um, <laughs> she she's she's fine in sitcoms, so I, I maybe I'll give it a maybe I'll give it a shot. But Fred Savage did look hilarious. Like from the one episode I've seen so far, it was pretty funny. So um, don't forget, people don't forget Fred Savage, Wonder Years, greatest show on TV. Also anyway. frequent director of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So definitely a, a lot of true. good credits to his name. Yeah, for sure. His, his brother's pretty decent too. It's a sh- it's a shocking how those two brothers <laughs> were were like the two like you know proper timepieces for us growing up, right? The uh, the Wonder Years and then Boy Meets World. So we, just we grew up to those two brothers growing up. It's crazy. If you ever want to have your mind blown, uh, you can go watch Little Monsters with uh, Ben Savage, Dude, Fred Savage, great, and Howie Mandel. Great call out. I think that should be your potent pick for the week, there, Sean. Little Monsters. That is a great call out. Oh, <laughs> How, Howie Mandel right and Face there, Paint. Right. Yeah. Um, oh man, great movie! I wa- I literally watched it probably a few, couple months back, and and it still holds up to this day. Still a great movie. I'm gonna so, yeah, throw this friends, out there. Friend, I don't think I friends from not college. only ever never seen it, but never never watched it. You should give. I'm you never. Give I'm it a sorry. Shot. Never. That's I, that's one are, in the same. The same thing. Just FYI. <laughs> not only have I never uh, seen it, I don't think I've ever heard of it or seen a movie poster for it. So this is shocking. Yeah, it's a. I'm pretty sure it's, go watch it. That's yeah, your that's monsters. your list of things to do this week. Little thing. 1989, week. Matt. Yeah. Phenomenal with with uh, Daniel Stern too. Phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah, there there you go. There's your suggestions. You got Little Monsters, Blue. Friends from College, and uh, a whole lot of uh, Fred Savage. <laughs> so uh, Matt, what you got? I want to know what Sean's what Sean's recommending me to recommending me to drink. Oh, that's a good point. I, I didn't finish up on that part, so I will go ahead and recommend a. Uh, ooh, this is I I didn't plan for this accordingly. Damn it! Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out some uh, <laughs> some good beer. I had a uh, Necron ninety nine six pack this week from uh, uh, Three Floyds Brewing Company, which they they rarely disappoint. So it was an IPA, a little bit of a fruity feel. Um, goes down pretty smooth once again three floyds make some of the better beer in this country so check it out necron 99 great uh great wrappings and great uh um what's the word great branding i guess i would say for that beer so check that out it's a like a fruity ipa matt what about you yeah so you know one thing i did like about the the uh rise of the planet of the apes um that was the first one, right? I know I gave, I gave Sean crap for not remembering. Anyways, whichever one had Franco. Um, Tyler Labine, I, I've always found, was a, a funny funny guy, kind of a funny uh, sidekick, uh, kind of chubby French dick. And um, he he and Alan Tudyk were in this this movie from a few years back called Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, a little horror comedy. Um, you guys ever seen that one? Great movie. Oh, yeah, great movie. Yeah. Just, great just movie. Shot, somehow seven years ago now, um, but... Just a lot of fun. It also has uh, Katrina Katrina um, Bowden from uh, Thirty Rock. Um, you know, I, after that, I think I remember thinking the director Eli Craig um, was going to be you know 
maybe do some more movies of that of this kind of this genre but uh doesn't seem to have come out but uh, tucker dale versus evil if, if you're looking for a good uh just kind of horror comedy just absurd absurdness um it, it's a good choice in terms of uh in terms of drinking i know we do regional beers from time to time i'm going to be even more obnoxious and uh, for, for you folks that uh, get a chance to get out to New York or you're somehow in New York and you have nothing to do but listen to us, I'm reckoning, recommending a beer that you've likely uh, heard of and had. But uh, going, going to McSorley's, uh, McSorley's uh, Old Ale House, uh, they only serve two types of beer. It's light and dark ale. Um, great, great recommend. I mean, dude, if, that is an awesome place. Yeah, so it's it's 7th Street between 2nd and 3rd. I mean, you, you Google, you know, it's I mean, it's definitely a tourist spot, um, but not in the sense that it's going to be crowded necessarily. I mean, it's crowded on weeknights just from locals going to, to get a nice uh, a nice beer. So you pretty much have to order them two at a time because they're kind of served in these small mugs, and it's a good way to get to taste both light and dark. So check out McSorley's and, and, ha- and have a good time. And since you're going to be in Boston, you should might as well go to the Cheers Bar, Dave. I got it on my list of things to do. We'll see if uh, the girlfriend allows me to do it. Let, let us know we'll if you can pay him enough to say to have him say your name. Oh yeah. Oh God willing. <laughs> God willing. Or let me know if you can wear your own pants and uh, go to the bar on your own. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Just find ten dance and that's your most important. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when maybe when she goes to sleep, I'll go meet up with Peter at the bar, and we can walk in both, and they'll be like, "Hey, Dave. Hey, Peter." And I'll be like, and we're out. I would leave. I'd, I can leave Boston. Yep. Turn around and leave. <laughs> Why? Because they know your name? <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Uh, so, Peter, what you, what you got? Yeah, so in terms of movies, I actually just picked up Mad Max Fury Road on 4K Blu-ray. And I will say, rewatching that movie thoroughly enjoy it so if if you have or have not seen it regardless i think you should go revisit it or go watch it for the first time uh you got tom hardy Charlize theron uh just super fun movie there's no there literally is no dialogue in this movie there's got to be i mean i'm sure you could count it on both hands and both feet in terms of how many words are said and it's okay that's okay it doesn't affect it in any way it's non-stop kind of balls to the wall action throughout uh visually it's completely intense and crazy and the the visual effects there's tons of practical effects which makes it even more impressive the way they they've done that movie so uh definitely go again go go revisit it or go watch it for the first time uh it's it's a fun movie to watch so speaking of those visual effects and practical effects cgi effects after watching that and it, it, peter's right it does get a lot of praise and should for the practical effects especially the stunt aspects of it but there's actually a great uh, youtube video talking about because um, a lot of us complain about too much cgi and i remember when the force awakens was coming out the practical bb-8 was a big big news and great news to folks uh, primarily because of the crappy cgi from the prequels um and this video basically uses mad max fury road to highlight that it you know, CGI is literally everywhere now, and you'll love it for this it being in this movie because it just makes good shots look even better um, or more dramatic and things like that. So it's it's basically just kind of covering out like you know why CGI is good. And I think if you Google that, that video will will, will kind of show it. And it's basically that good CGI is good. What we don't like is bad CGI. And so it's it's amazing how much 
you know, good practical effects with good CGI can blend so seamlessly. And obviously this movie we just watched is, a, is another good example of it, but who knows how well these monkeys will, you know, and these apes will look in 10 years. Um, but anyways, huge deviation, but just wanted to call that out. Cause I think that's, it's, it's fun to see those scenes kind of cut together, how they looked previously, uh, how they looked prior to the effects and how they looked after. Cause you're still seeing these stunts, but then you're seeing some, some kind of embellishments on those to, to get the full effect. No, great point. Great point, Matt, for uh, referencing the movie we just saw. Yeah, shout out. Um, in terms of drinking, another beer that I had over here on the on the uh, East Coast, it's from uh, Allagash Brewing Company in Maine. It's Allagash White, so it's Ooh, a wit good beer. beer. Yeah, good it's, um, I'm a beer. Good call. I'm a big fan of wit beers. Uh, I know some people are not. I think they're delightful. It's a it's a great one to have in the summer i mean they so they're pretty they're obviously they have you know they're they're wheat beers and so they're um you know they're not clear they're i won't say heavy because it's not like a porter or a stout uh but you know you can't have 20 of them let's put it that way but at the same time uh you know they're great to have in the hot weather they've got a little bit of you know a hint of orange to them so it's kind of similar to uh, if you think of like a shock top or something, but so much better. So anyway, long story short, short try Algash White. It's a it's a good beer to drink, uh, and I think you would definitely enjoy it. So who do we got left? I think Dave. What about you? Oh uh, yeah. So um, with all the talk of Planet of the Apes, and you know, I'm thinking about Charlton Heston and all of that stuff. You know, growing up, definitely watched a bunch of his stuff. Um, so I'm going to recommend The Omega Man. I don't know if y'all have actually seen this. I think it's my favorite Charlton Heston movie. It's basically the take of... of um, oh, God, I'm think, I'm trying to think of the uh, the vampire movie. Uh, oh, shoot, I'm blanking out what it's the remake of. Can anybody think of it? It was with Will Smith. I Am um, Legend. Thank you, I Am Legend. So it's basically Charlton Heston's take on I Am Legend. And it is just an enjoyable, funny movie to watch. It's just, you get Charlton Heston's swagger just like... He's the last man on earth, and he's just like, hell yeah, this is awesome. And just, you know, enjoying the hell out of it. Then he just, you know, gets up in the middle of the night when uh, the vampires come out, and he just sits on his balcony and just starts picking them off with his 19, I think it's 1970s uh, version of uh, night uh, night vision, which is this massive scope that's about the size of, like, uh, actually, I think if, if we're, you know, it's basically the size of, like, your screen. It is amazing. When he just pulls out, he's drinking his drink, pulls out on his uh, balcony, starts pulling off, a, you know, popping off a few rounds, taking out some vampires here and there. But uh, if you get a chance, definitely go see it. And in terms of booze, so last night for um, the Game of Thrones party that I was at, uh, somebody actually brought this over, and I was, I feel like this would be something that if you're a fan of the show, you might just want to buy it as like a, a nice little uh, like gift for people. But there's actually a Game of Thrones red blend that's out there. So it's, um, it's a red blend, and I I think it's as a it's from California, so it's an actually HBO uh, certified uh, Game of Thrones bottle, and it you can buy it at basically your you know your specs or uh, your total wine and more. I don't know what they have out in out in the boonies where everybody else is at, but basically go to your local liquor store or if you're in the state of Louisiana, basically in a gas station or Walmart, and you can find this stuff. So I would recommend it. It was pretty tasty. I mean, it's a red blend, so nothing nothing too crazy, but good stuff. But just kind of a nice little thing to have. It's kind of a cool little bottle. 
But uh, yeah, I think that will round us up uh, this week. Uh, next week, I think we're going to go, we're trying to decide right now between uh, Dunkirk, uh, Valerian, and Atomic Blonde. So uh, we'll have Sean add an additional tweet out about which movie it's going to be. I'm just going to make the call it now. I'm, we're going to see Dunkirk. So congrats, everybody. Listen to us talk about Dunkirk next well, week. Well, there you go. We also, Looks we like we're also doing can't Dunkirk. do Atomic Blonde until it comes out, which won't be next weekend. Which so. is the following Well, week, I know right? it was just, yeah. yeah, it was next weekend. Fair <laughs> enough. Eh, well, well, <laughs> this is what happens when people start talking in the middle of the thing. But anyway, all right, well, I think that'll do it for us this week, uh, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for listening. <laughs>